Tennessee time, everybody. The Off-Road Show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Seat Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Seat Time, everybody. Brian Pierce here, your host. Of co- your host, of course. I am in the midst of making all the last uh, short social postings to make sure that uh, everyone in the world knows that we're live right now. Not that they care, but hey, we should feel like they do. So that's the way we make it work. Of course, Seat Time brought to you and presented by the fine folks at Fly Racing. I got my Fly Racing hat on, but. That's to, to, to cover up the hair that hasn't been fixed in I don't know how many days. Probably at least two weeks since I've got a cast on, which sucks, but we're making it work. And then, of course, my uh, Team USA uh, support the guys over in Koshita, Slovakia, uh, as they are at the 90th running of the International Six-Day Enduro, which we are going to do a lot of talking about tonight, so that'll be a good time. So thank you very much to Fly Racing for their uh, longevity in supporting us. We really, really appreciate that. Definitely check out flyracing.com. Um, we did talk with Jason, uh, JT Money from a couple of different uh, Jason Thomas from a couple different episodes ago about the new 2016 gear that came out. There's a lot of epic shit there that they've done. A lot of really cool technology that they've brought in. And granted, I haven't had a chance to ride in it yet because of the leg, but I really do think that the things like the boa strap and the way that the vents work that it's going to be you know the best gear that they've created yet, and it's going to keep getting better. So check out FlyRacing.com. Of course, big thanks to Kinda Tire USA. So KindaTire.com, go check those guys out. You notice when we did the TKO, lots and lots of talk about the Equilibrium tire. Has actually started to see some reviews out there. I know like Highland Cycles. I think I noticed on Facebook a, a couple dudes from Colorado were talking about their ex- experience on the Equilibrium tire. Um, so definitely, if if you haven't read reviews or checked out results on that kind of stuff, go do that or head over to KinderTire.com, head to your local dealer and ask that you want to try to get the uh, Kinder Equilibrium on your motorcycle and purchase it. So that's the way to do that. And of course, Stillwell, uh, Stillwell Performance. So Stillwell Performance would be awesome, awesome off-road suspension. Um, of course, if you're in the motocross industry and you want to be able to use great suspension, that'd be a good one to do. But obviously, they very much uh, do a great job in the off-road industry. That's where uh, kind of Alan got his start with uh, Cody Webb, Max Gersten, and those guys. And then of course, now moved on to kind of the beta team as Cody has moved on to the RPM team and those other suspension products that are out there. So go check out stillwellperformance.com. Have fun with Alan and the guys over there and let them know that we said hi and there may be a little benefit in there for you guys. So check it out. Have fun with it. Uh, So we have been gone for two weeks. The reason that we've been gone is because of the surgery that I had. We didn't really know how that would go. Uh, Rehab went way, or recovery went way better than expected. So because of that, we could have done a show last week, but it was just a good chance to get a good break. I know Steven probably used this to keep preparing for the baby that's soon to be coming. Um, I used to go to sleep a little bit earlier. That's always fun. Hope everybody had an awesome Labor Day. I really didn't do much. I wouldn't expect to do much because of the leg, but F it, you know, whatever. We're having fun with that. So this is Seat Time. We are archived all over the place. The site is seattime.co. Of course, Stitcher and iTunes. If you'd like audio only for a podcast version, subscribe to us on YouTube. Steven and I do have a lot of videos that are actually still in the works, like Seat Time Adventures. We've got a new cool product video coming out soon for a, a client, if you will. That we have chose to make a client, <laughs> right, Stephen? And then uh, other things like that. So that's a good way to find out about that. Of course, we did add the chat room widget to the live page. So if you want to jump in the chat room, ask some questions as we talk about this, maybe add to the discussion. Well, I wouldn't say we have writers on the night. We really just have industry people that want to talk about some of the things that are going on with the ISDE. And then, of course, rider nutrition because of these multi-day events. It's pretty intense what your body's going to go through. And you need to make sure you're fueled properly. So that'll be fun to talk to Coach Seiji a little bit after that. When you go to the site, seattime.co, you'll notice there's now a shop tab. If you haven't checked out the drop catches there, please do so. Yeah, they're $50, but what you don't get is there's a huge bitch and earth mat in there, and it's custom milled with the Seat Time logo. So you get a bitchin' product that is bitchin'. It's really fun. I have gave, gave one away at a wedding shower this past weekend, and it became the hit of the wedding shower. Everybody just wanted to go over and open their beer just to kind of like play with it and see what happens. So it's a lot of fun. Remember, give us reviews. We're periscoping right now, if you will, streaming on the Periscope. So have fun with that. And if you do go to the website and you shop on Amazon, there's a little button that says support seat time, shop Amazon. You just click that, go purchase whatever you want on Amazon, and it literally just gives us tiny, tiny percentages of that. The idea is that after so long that that could help us um, a little bit more, get to races, get more footage, and get more coverage for you guys to be bringing into the show. That's what we hope. I'm sorry 
but it's been a long ass time since we've really cleaned house and it needed to be done. So thank you very much. Now, Mr. Jason Hooper, I apologize as well to you for making you sit there and listen to all that, but you're sexy. Luckily enough, your eyes were just glaring into mine and it was fun. So <laughs> what the hell's going on, man? Are you doing okay in life? Yeah, yeah I can't complain, man. Life's good. Uh, actually, a little bit of downtime for me the past few weeks, so which is nice. I was on the road for like five straight weeks, so... It's it's nice being home and doing like normal stuff, but about ready to get back on the road. So it's good, right? Yeah, that I I can imagine with some of the the schedules, especially when full gas is kind of literally going full steam, and then you know you're going back and forth GNCCs, and then of course the TKO that we get ran into each other at. That's got to get pretty intense and, and and not just troublesome for you sometimes, but it, it's probably tough with the family as well, hey. Yeah, it's not easy at all, you know. Uh, you know, because I had a race um, a couple weeks before Loretta Lynn's, so I went straight from there to Loretta Lynn's, and I had to produce the live feed that they did there at Loretta's right. for the amateur motocross. Went straight from Loretta's to another one of my races, finished that up, and then went straight to TKO, and then came back. So it's, dude, I don't know. My wife's about ready to murder me you know we got a toddler running around here so <laughs> she was she was flying solo for a for a while there which you know she wasn't loving that so yeah much, so. it, it's never easy and uh it, it, that's the thing is our wives are saints for that kind of stuff because everybody asks how do you do it man how how do you how are you able to get so much done in life and i go because i have a fantastic wife like nobody gets like that is the main key point to make sure that that I can kind of do and try to build and grow upon some of the stuff that I'm doing is that my wife is so understanding and she's allowing me to help try to grow, you know, all of these aspects of the media industry that we are. So it's, I imagine that you feel exactly the same. Did you say understanding or very angry? Um, yes. I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> no, solid point. And I concur and agree completely. No, I'm just kidding. No, yeah. <laughs> She's up there. With, every night, she probably like there with like a butcher knife, just like, I'm going to fucking bop at your ass, you motherfucker. Yeah. But, you know. I'll tell you, buying a motorhome is the best money I've ever spent in my life. It's made it a lot better for us to be able to, you know, bring the wife and kid along and stuff. So... Nice. Yeah, if we, it wasn't for that, she probably really probably would have killed me by now. Right. Yeah, we were uh, in a in a seven by fourteen utility trailer for a while when Liam came along, and so like the first time that Liam had like a big old oh my god we need running water to clean up all the poop like that was when we were like nope until we have running water we're just not doing the family thing anymore. But luckily <laughs> with my parents moving here and them uh, having an RV, they were nice enough to let us to let us borrow that for races. So that obviously it does help out a ton when you can kind of bring a home with you or bring some of the amenities that you would have at your home with you to a race weekend for sure. Heck yeah. All right. So I'm glad that you're doing good. You know, you've been, you've been sat up for a while, but now you're healthy. You're getting back into life. You're crossfitting, you're being a badass, And that's what we like about you. Now we didn't get a chance to go to the ISTE this year and you and I, you know, 2012, it's like anytime we run into each other or the ISDE is going on, we just talk about that trip. So it seems, you know, quite normal now that you and I've texted each other back and forth the past couple of days. And I felt like once, once I was like, you know, Idaho Joe should be a great guy to talk. He's like, well, if they're not going to get back to me, they can't be on the show. But you, <laughs> with us texting each other, it's like Jason's the perfect guy to talk about the ISDE. That's what we've been doing every damn day. So just a quick highlight overall of, of what your thoughts and opinions are so far for two days into the 90th ISDE in Kosice, Slovakia. Uh, I think honestly, I'm not gonna maybe I'll sound like a jerk for saying this, but like or like that I'm such a know it all. But I really expected Team USA to do well. I'd yeah. say yeah, I, I figured we would be one of the top two teams. I, I just I thought like the way the team was set up pretty good and the, the way the riders have been riding. But I had no idea Ryan Sipes would be our number one guy two days in. I'm like when I woke up in the morning and saw the first two tests that he won on the first day, I was like, "What? Yeah, like, that's that was awesome." But then, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense a little bit when you think like Caleb was the first guy out. You know, that's definitely a bit of a disadvantage. So I, I know that was tough for him the first day, but then Ryan for killed it today too. So he's obviously on it. I, I mean, I think that's just. I mean, I think we're in a really good spot. You know, it was it was easy to get ahead of yourself yesterday after the after the first day where you're like, "Holy shit." We're killing it. Yeah. But then, you know, today was a good reminder. I'm sure for the riders, 
Masters too, that, you know, it's a long race and anything can, no one had a horrible day and we still got passed, you yeah. know? So, so I don't know. It's cool, man. It's just like, it's so, it's just so fun as like a, just a fan that team USA is actually in this thing. Yeah. You know? and, I and all of our agree. riders are still riding two days in. It's <laughs> <laughs> so much better than last year where we were losing dudes on the first day. And then we'll talk about the junior trophy team where of course we did, we did lose a couple guys. Well, we lost one right on the first day, but to, to the world trophy team, like it's so, I don't know why I would have gone. I wouldn't have expected what Caleb Russell has done, and then uh, to your point, what Ryan Sipes has done, because then I go, wait a minute, I look back on this year, and I look back to the year before that with Caleb Russell, and you're like, yeah, the guy is dominant, period. The guy knows how to ride a motorcycle, but like, I think for some reason, when it comes to the international level, because of the fact that the GNCCs, it seems like we have... You know, international. We have we're sprinkled with international competitors, but you would not call it an international event by any means. And so, I feel like when you come to this kind of an international stage, that you kind of want to think, oh, yeah, Caleb Russell's a top five guy. You know, you don't go, holy yeah. shit, he's so dominant right now that he's going to come out and just wax everybody. And and it's funny that he's talking about how the him in the first test, being the first rider is a disadvantage, yet those are some of the tests that he won. It, it, so if, right. if that doesn't go to prove how strong mentally he is as a rider, that he can block out that kind of uh, disappointment, as he called it, like then, it, you know, for sure, like that guy is just so strong physically and mentally right now when it comes to riding a motorcycle. It just completely blows my mind. Like you can't say Caleb Russell can't do it because Caleb Russell does it. <laughs> For sure, and I, I think like I hoped he did. He was going to do this well because I've been watching him ride, you know, at the GNCCs and obviously at the at my sprint enduros. And you feel like there shouldn't be anybody in the world much faster than him. Like you know, you know, Milner obviously is really really good at this format, as you, you see yeah. today. You know, and you know, in Germany, he went, he won the E one class, and I mean, Caleb's been on a two fifty F beating him while Milner was riding a four fifty. So you're like. I know Milner's been struggling over here a little bit, so but the bike size difference, like I figure, like dude, you're they're going just about as fast as you can go. And if Caleb got went to the six days and got waxed, I was just gonna like I would have just completely ruined my head because right. like watching him ride, it didn't seem like you could do much better than that. And then it, it's the it's the case, you know what I mean? Like yeah, he is at the very very pointy end of the field right now. You know, obviously he won the first day and he was he was third today, but we're talking like seconds here. You know, it's it's crazy. So. Yes. So yeah, it's it's cool, man. It's like kind of you know reaffirm things that I kind of believed just for, you know from watching these guys. And obviously Ryan, you know he's raced a couple of my races, and he you know the round in Indiana that Caleb lost to Milner. Uh, Sipes was the only other rider to win a test over that weekend. So I mean, kind of makes sense that he's doing so well just based off of those results. And obviously he's been killing it in GNCC, and the dude has serious moto speed and you've seen some of the yeah. the cross sets that they're showing it's just basically a big motocross track so i mean but he's not getting killed in the enduro test either so i, I don't know man it's pretty it's pretty wild i, I think it's awesome and we, when uh, if we think back to ryan sipes of uh, two years ago when he was able to come to isde on on kind of the wellard club team kind of that that semi-pro team even though obviously there were still a bunch of professionals on that team um, you know, he won. He overalled the club riders, and, and with that overall score, was well into a lot of the riders that were not club riders. You know, that were kind of there. You know, at, on trophy and junior trophy teams. So I think that you know we've kind of started to to accept that Ryan Sipes can be a top level, you know, top five off road racer. It's just a lot. You know, we haven't really seen it when it comes to. Him racing at the GNCCs and then some of the national enduros he's done. Now we have seen that speed, just as you mentioned, at the full gas sprint enduros, and I think that's kind of that precursor. Like you can see exactly like you mentioned that moto speed, like that outright raw motorcycle talent. Like holy shit, there's this throttle stop, and unfortunately, it's not fast enough for these guys. Like so, like somehow they could still hold it wide open, and it, it seemed like they need more speed or more throttle. But so it, we're starting to see that evolution 
of him not having issues in the enduro test, where maybe two years ago that might have been the negative aspect of him at the ISDE. You know, thinking back to when he that was his first year doing some of the GNCCs and, and hadn't even completely switched over programs yet or anything to that nature. But now that we've seen it, and also with the GNCCs, we've seen so much um, more consistency. He's been on the podium a little bit more. He's getting those top five finishes. So Ryan Sipes is obviously proving himself not just locally recently, but at international level. Is uh, <laughs> I think I think some people are a little bit more surprised by Ryan Sipes than they than they gave uh, gave themselves credit for beforehand. Yeah, I mean, you knew he would be fast, but I didn't think he would be leading the whole thing fast. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I mean so it, it, it's cool. But, I mean, I guess when you, you think about it, like the time he spent racing GNCCs, those are hours and hours and hours that he's getting more comfortable in the woods. And then it's just, you know, being able to match that. He still races moto, so he's got, still got that moto speed. So now he's able to really just put the two together. So I don't know. It's... It's pretty cool. So, yeah, I. It's pretty damn cool. We'll so, to see what happens. Go ahead. Rains or something like that. That'll be the. That'll be the interesting thing. So, who you was know, that you mentioned? If the conditions get gnarly, oh, Sipes, if it rains, yes. you know, or something. Yeah, that could be. That could really be where it starts to test his. Uh, his skills. So. No, I could. Ooh, that's that's a really good point because they've mentioned that the possibility for rain seems to have kind of picked up throughout the week. Um, or, or the percentage possibility of that. Now, granted, weathermen, they're, you know, they're only as good as you can throw them, but still, I mean, to say that, oh, there could be more rain, and um, apparently now, so day three, which is going to be getting underway for these guys here, probably five hours, four or five hours, is run day one and day two, run backwards. So day one and day two, they're the exact right. same courses. Now day three, they're going to be running that course backwards. So breaking bumps are now going to be, solid edge bumps they're not going to be breaking bumps and be turned around so they're literally going to be like a wall and then of course too where you would typically be coming into the turn versus exiting the turn is going to be is going to be all wrong so it's so if they if they do get more rain and it gets a little bit more slick and then of course downhills become uphills uphills become downhills and you were telling me that from what you heard that actually now into day three running this course backwards that the, the the uphills actually will become gnarlier is that correct Right, uh, I saw a video on Dirt Rider. I think okay. that they did with it was an interview with Thad, and that's what he said. He said he literally said it's like while riding, I keep thinking to myself, I have to go up these downhills, <laughs> and it's kind of kind of freaked him out a little bit. So I'm looking at the weather right now. It looks like it's going to be good there today, but then there's rain on Thursday. So those are new tests that they'll be riding. Like they're different tests or whatever on Thursday. So it'll be interesting to see. But yeah. Um, you're running the, the test backwards is you know something we do that at the sprint enduros on yep. Sunday we reverse the direction so some of the guys have a hard time with it especially with the corner ruts and stuff but like I, I've talked with Caleb about it and he likes it because he can he can see the exits from the previous day like where the berms are and stuff uh-huh. and he figures out like breaking points and stuff based off of where they were getting on the gas coming the other, other direction. So Interesting. I'm not, I don't want to like. I don't want to toot my own horn too much, but I feel like that's definitely going to give him. Well, fuck, Milner raced him too, and Ryan has too. But th- those guys, will, it's not going to be the first time they've raced a cross test backwards, right? For an enduro test backwards this year, we've done it. You know, they've done it. Four, you know, Caleb's done it four times this year at yeah. at my event. So and we've seen I mean, it think- happen at the ISDE before, but it's not nearly as common. As it would be at one, you know, at the full gases or you know some of the other sprint enduros around the world. So, yeah, I guess it's just all in how you think about it. You know, some of the guys might just get pissed about it. You know, and if but if and, and the mental thing is such a big deal. So you know, Caleb, maybe I'm, I don't want to speak for him, but like I know that he likes it because he told me that he likes doing it at my races. So maybe that'll be something you know a positive thought that he's going to have when he lines up tomorrow morning. I like it. That, hey, man, I've done this stuff eight times this year. You know, we've switched the tracks around, so no big deal, right? Yeah. I like that. It's good thinking. And that's cool to know that they've already kind of started to, to figure that out. You know, that you would think about it. That That's what that's their job. Like, they are kind of already out there thinking about how they're going to go find the fastest lines around these courses. So, I mean, that's just what they do. So, it's awesome to hear that. Um so some bad news that we had on day one, of course, is Lane Michael breaking his wrist and going out the first day. And then it looked like Stu Baylor might go out with a separated shoulder. 
And if I, 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 unfortunately, I've had a separated shoulder, but I don't have a clue what level it was on. Um, do you remember what his was like a AC, like a five or something he, like that? He said it was a five. Yeah, that's, he said it was a five. Sounds that's that sounds like a bigger number than like a one or two. So sounds bad, yeah. right? What do you think? Yeah, I've only ever done a first degree one, and I wouldn't want to be racing. So I, but Let's see, Stewart. He's a uh, he's a man. He's a man. I don't know. He's just a tough dude. I, he's all the wrist injuries and stuff that he's ridden through, and. So a type a type good. five. There's is more severe of a type three. No, oh, oh. type five is more severe than a type three. I like math. Yeah, but you never know, man. Sometimes they flip that stuff around on you, and a type one would be the worst, and a yeah. five would be the least. I but yeah, I, I, do I saw the post a picture of the X-ray, and it did not look right. Like there was a serious gap between his collarbone and his shoulder, and like yeah. that doesn't look right. Right. So. You're like, mm, whoops. <laughs> and they taped it up, and I don't, I mean, I don't know how much, I don't know. It's probably all mental. I don't know how much the tape's really going to help hold it all together. So, yeah, Stewart's a bad dude, you know, and he he raced today, and now they're just, they're sitting in fourth, not that far outside of a podium position. So, yeah, that's. He can hold it together for a week, and they end up salvaging a podium after this. I mean, that's a, that's, I don't know. I don't want, I don't want to say that makes it worth, risking life and limb or whatever or well, some sort of I'm glad that Stewart put that post but. up though because people really do give uh, and people have in the past and you know they probably have other riders as well it just sticks out in my mind about Stewart that people have given him a lot of crap about riding hurt so much and I, I don't think you know he put up a post it's like it cost $20,000 for me to get here to do this so that's $80,000 for the team He's like, if I go out, it's completely done. Like, you know, the other two guys are literally just riding for their own individual medals at that point and no longer defending, um, you know, wholeheartedly defending last year's championship or last year's trophy win. So I kind of, you know, I'm just glad he put that post up because if people would have found that out and everything, they would have been talking shit about him. But he just was like, listen, if you're going to talk shit, just don't do it. You know, I, I, it's happening yeah. and here's what's going down. So shut up. Or... Pat me on the back, just not the bad shoulder, you know. <laughs> so, I uh, yeah. Well, it's like you know, agree with it or not, you have to respect the guy for doing what he thinks is right and having the freaking and the pain tolerance to like do it. I mean, I'm not going to give the guy a hard time. I mean, you know, you see people do stuff like this in the Olympics, you know, get hurt and continue to compete. You know, like I don't know, it's pretty. He's a patriotic dude, you know. I think he takes he takes it seriously he's kind of a goofy kid otherwise but you know women last year i think meant a whole lot to him and i i i don't know i don't think i'd be able to do it so i mean that makes i, I give the guy credit oh yeah well so like he said you know they're sitting in fourth now they've clawed their way back up a little bit there they're getting really close to being on the podium so hopefully in the next four days of racing they can make that happen honestly they need to kind of get that done in the next three days of racing because going into the moto typically you don't see too much shake up in that last day of racing so if they can make that happen the next two days and then really solidify it on the third day then that that final final sixth day of racing will be you know the the kind of the cream on the the cream on the cake kind of a deal for them to be able to be on the podium. I really don't see them being able to catch Australia unless something dramatic were to happen no, in Australia or uh, right. France yeah, or Sweden or uh, Sweden. But, you know, there's definitely a chance for them to get on the podium, which is super respectable for, you know, for the bad luck they've already had. So, right. And I think Nick Davis is the only, he should get faster as the week goes on. I know it looks like he, he lost a little bit of time today mm -hmm. compared to yesterday, but I mean, he's, this is his first six days. Right. So, I mean, and he's just a young kid. I think he's 19 or something like that. He's it's a big, big difference from, you know, Pennsylvania. So I, you know, it's, it's, I, th I think he'll get better. And, you know, he's, he's pretty good in technical stuff, gnarly stuff. So I think if the, the tracks get rougher and I think, I think he'll do better. So maybe, you know, that, that'll be good. And Grant's obviously riding really well. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I can see them. You know, with like twenty seconds or something behind France. I yeah, mean, I think that's they can right. that up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and we were talking about this a little bit earlier. One of the things that we a little bit on day two that I thought was awesome was that the way so Sipes, though he's in the overall lead, he didn't get the overall win on day two. That was actually Milner, and that kind of goes back to the fact of 
it's hard for people to realize sometimes when you only watch or only to kind of know what's going on in the racing here in the States that this is Milner, Milner's cup of tea. Like this is what he's been great at, you know, for years yep. and years and years. He's already overalled an ISDE before. Um, he's won classes before, you know, so this is like for if Caleb Russell overalls or Ryan Sipes overalls over Daniel Milner, regardless of how the team trophy part works out, they need to be patting themselves on the back extra special because they beat Milner on, like, essentially on his type of turf. Like, so, and then if Caleb did it on a 250F, I mean, Shane Watts would, should go give him a blowjob. I mean, officially. I'm not going to touch that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, what is Shane Watts is the I mean, one who yeah, did I mean, it on that yeah, 125 like, like back in the day, right? Like, you know, like it's a legit victory. You know, there's, I mean, obviously there's a few of the French dudes that aren't there racing this year. You know, Nambatin was hurt. I mean, I was doing rally stuff, whatever. But, uh, I mean, Matt Phillips is there. He was the E3 world champ last year. Yeah, buddy. You know, Bellino's there. He's, I think he's leading E3 now or was at some point. You know, like these are like, they're beating legit dudes. So, you know, obviously Milner, he won E1 a couple years ago. So, I mean, yeah, for sure. You know, I, you know, Milner turned out a whole bunch of money to go race World Enduros to come over here and get his butt kicked racing GNCCs. So he didn't get offered a ride with Sherco because, I mean, obviously I think maybe that's why he turned it down. But, you know, he, he got offered six figures. You're, yeah. Could win races for him. So, yeah, I mean, the dude's, the dude's super legit at this stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think they're. Yeah, there definitely won't be any sort of asterisk next to it if uh, Caleb or Ryan end up pulling out the the overall. That's for sure. And hell yeah, they should get a pat on the back and <laughs> somebody should give them a blowjob. I don't know who, but yeah, you know, I mean, me. uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll I, I might. I mean, I guess I don't know if I have enough cores lights. <laughs> <laughs> you come to my full. You register for my full gas, and we'll see what happens, Mister Overall ISD winner. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, so, uh, I, I, before we kind of start closing it up here, we've touched on a lot of cool shit. I'm glad that we talked about it because it, it, it's, you could tell the way that you and I text back and forth that it amps us up. It's exciting and it's fun to talk about and fun to kind of research and look into. Um, how are you kind of keeping up with what's going on at the ISDE? So that way maybe there's others out there that, uh, that don't know about some of the, the resources that you're using. Well, you got to get if the iPhone app is yeah. freaking killer. They so did a great when job. I wake up stepping first thing in the morning, up, yeah. I just, dude, I just go straight to the iPhone app and start scrolling through the test so I get an idea. And then I, I just go to the, to get the times, I go to the FIM live website, which FIM ISTE live info. Terrible, <laughs> terrible URL. <laughs> That's. <laughs> that's where I go. So then, yeah, I don't know. Just you can get a pretty good deal of information on Instagram. So I've just been checking out. Nice hashtag yeah. ISDE twenty fifteen. You know, scrolling through that stuff. So yeah, that's it. Yeah, but the yeah the app is sick, man. Yeah, they really did a good job stepping up with the app. Out on test times. Yeah, the one thing that kind of sucks, and I don't, you know, I am not an app developer, so I don't know where this goes. But you can tell that their ability to load data from whatever database they're pulling from is a little slow. Um, the, the connection time's pretty bad. Uh, again, not an app developer, so I don't know what API keys they're using and all that kinds of crap to to get into the database and then pull it and, and load it into the app. But knowing what it takes to do on a website, there's always ways to you know finagle the data. And, uh, and and make your calls quicker. So it's like, come on, guys, your first attempt. But it's awesome. No, they did a great job, and I'm super excited with it. I've got <laughs> in the same boat. Enduro, Enduro21.com, what I like that they do every day is they have kind of like a, a daily a daily post. And so, you know, Jaunty and Robert and all their guys are out there. They're taking pictures, yep. they're shooting video, and doing their stuff as well as doing uh, other media work for other um, sources. But within that, since they're collecting so much information, they have a pretty good scope as well. And then they go kind of write their own write-up. And I like their language. I like they speak to me well. So if for anybody out there doesn't check Enduro21.com, definitely do that. And what's even more fun is you can go to the Rally tab and you can watch uh, Woody navigates the Baja Rally on Enduro21. I'm just excited it's up there. So I just had to, <laughs> I had to throw that out there. <laughs> 
Which starts up in two weeks and I'm not going to be there. It sucks. So disappointed. Getting old, man. Yeah. Take care of old injuries. It's... Yep. If I don't do it now, I'll do it when I'm 40 and then it'll take me six more months to recover and nobody needs that kind of BS. So that's the way it goes down. <laughs> well, cool. Well, dude, I appreciate you jumping on the show and uh, taking the time to talk with us. And I know for sure we're going to try to get dudes on as they're coming back into the States next Tuesday. Obviously, it'll be cutting it close, but since those guys have to get back in town for GNCC, um, that coming weekend, we're sure they're going to be flying in quick. Hopefully, they'll have a, you know five, ten minutes, even if it's quick, to jump on the show and talk about what's been going on. But uh, Jason, I would obviously say that you are more than welcome to jump in there. We could probably even get like a multi-Skype call going. We could like have a threesome or a foursome, maybe a quadsome of conversation. What do you think? I'm all, I'm all for activities, so You're yeah, like, I'm in. I call top. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Well, cool, man. We really appreciate the time. Thank you for all you do, and we will yeah, chat soon. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us, man. I'll talk like, to you. Peace. Wicked. Now, that was a really good conversation. Like, it was one of those situations where I go, holy shit, Steven, it's 830. I was like, at some point, I got to start wrapping this up. That was ridiculous. Uh, I, again, I just wanted to say thank you to Jason Hooper. I hope that you guys got some good info uh, in our little ISDE talk. And it's not that we're going to stop talking ISDE. So Seiji is going to come on. And one of the things I was thinking about is, holy crap, these guys ride for six days. you know. And I've done rides where I've ridden for six, seven days. But again, they're rides. you know. I was drinking beer the night before. Uh, we go out and do 200-something miles, all that kind of stuff. You know, but we're not pushing ourselves. We're taking the entire day to do it. You know, these guys are riding 150, 200 miles a day, and they're racing their ass off. They're literally pushing themselves 110% in these test sections. So that takes a lot of fuel and a lot of energy to make that happen. So one of the things that I kind of wanted to talk with him about is, is how you as an athlete should treat your body, obviously the week leading up to an event like this, and then during, and then maybe even afterwards, like how do you re- kind of recover from that? Uh, it can it can take a lot. So that's kind of one of those things that we've got to try to figure out and see how that goes down. And while we uh, get Sagey up, I just wanted to give another shout out. You know, Fly Racing, so flyracing.com. Check out all the stuff that's going on there. Um, of course, Kinda Tire, so kindatire.com. And then Stillwell Performance at stillwellperformance.com. So those are, those are great supporters of Seed Time. We would really appreciate it if you went and checked them out and see what's going on. And uh, how's Periscope, Steven? Is it still streaming? Uh, kind of crappy. Oh. It's still streaming, but the audio from the mixer is shit. Boo. Uh, yeah, Seiji, so, so instead of... Here. What's that? I'm going to kill it here, and then we'll figure it out later. We'll play with it later. We'll, we'll play with our Periscope streaming app later. Yeah, uh, I told Seiji, I told Steven, I was like, if we're going to Periscope, I probably shouldn't have pants on. Like, I mean, this needs to be something legitimately interesting that people need to turn into, right? What's up? Hey, man, what's going down? Can you hear us? Yeah, it's just, it's clicking. It's better now. It's clicking in now. It's all good. Oh, man. Well, uh... I just wanted to say thank you very much for taking some time to come on the show. So we've got the international six day enduro going on, and a big yep. a big part of that is these dudes are racing for six days, and we know, you know, that you you don't just drink water or eat food the night before a big event and you're ready to go. Bam, you know, you're all healthy and fed and fueled and energized, ready to rock. Like it takes a lot more time than that. And so now that we know this is a multi-day, six days of racing and all the time leading up to it that these guys are invested in, I wanted to kind of chat about the nutritional aspects and what, what we could possibly learn as, as athletes and, and just enthusiasts and riders on how we might be able to learn from their probable, their probable nutrition that they're, they're kind of intake and stuff and, and get some advice from you on how we could do that. Sure. I'm not super familiar with the IC format. Um, I'm partly familiar because last year I trained uh, Josh for his IC in 2015, Josh Knight. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, training in motorsports tends to be kind of cycling uh, background heavy. Uh, you know, I, it is a little bit like a stage race because it's six consecutive days. It's not as cardio heavy and there's a lot more, I think, protein demand in this because you are suffering from muscle damage, a lot more uh, kind of mechanical damage than, say, a cyclist would have. So, 
know, everybody wants some kind of crazy science. I don't think it is crazy science. I think number one, you have to eat enough to support uh, your recovery, your activity for that day. Uh, have a little reserve, and I imagine I've never been to an ISD, but I imagine that during the actual race day, it's probably hard to eat a lot. Right. You know, a lot of excitement going on, a little nervousness. You're always busy. Um, my kind of picture, uh, both from Pocket and Josh Knight, and just kind of me imagining being there. Uh, it just seems super busy during the race morning, and then it's super busy when you're riding, and then you got these kind of mechanical issues that you need to deal with. And, and my perception is they kind of eat a regular breakfast in the morning, kind of have to snack during the day, even get calories on board uh, while you're active, and then pack it up at night. You want to eat as much as you can at night and eat enough at night. So uh, I'm sure their carbohydrate to protein ratios are pretty much the same as a normal uh, active person. I just think they're eating a lot more. Right. Total calories, you've got to be through the roof. Um, you got to have fats in there, and you got to have the protein to repair the mechanical damage that happened during the day. Um, carbohydrates, again, is the only thing that's fueling uh, you at high intensity. And so, I mean, I don't want to give out numbers, and I don't want to give out ratios, but my opinion, it's just a well-balanced meal, and has to be wholesome food because, you know, that's what's going to maintain your health, and your health is just supporting your fitness. So, yep. you know, no matter how fit you are, if you're not healthy, so... I think I think one thing that's interesting is we get a, I've gotten a couple of messages throughout the year people asking about these nutritional aspects you know they're racing in enduro they're going to a cross country race they're doing this that the other is that we're starting you're starting to see that more people are getting that they need to prepare that it's not a morning of, it's not an only morning of kind of a situation as you're talking about eating that wholesome meal the night before for their recovery and then of course in the morning for then fuel for the day and then eating throughout the day when you can obviously because see these guys it's crazier but yeah. one of the things i think that people talk to me about that i that i have kind of gotten off the bandwagon is the supplements kind of stuff you see a lot, a lot of people ask me about the gels and the goos and the the blocks and stuff like that and, and I've kind of started to, I personally have started to turn towards Thunderbird, Energetica bars, and the like, and then of course Epic bars, because with the Epic bars, you get, you know, a really wholesome protein and some really bitching natural fats from that pro, uh, with that protein. And there I, yeah, see, Epic bars, bitches. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so I, I kind of wanted to know if, if if there's any truth to that or if you know it's a supplement there's there's a place for it for sure i mean it's to yeah. supplement when you're not able to get the food but i kind of wanted to get your take on where you see supplements living in that kind of wholesome natural food area <laughs> yeah so you're naming quote unquote supplements that are all i mean they are supplements because they're like a processed prepackaged food but the ones you're naming thunderbird epic they're all whole food it's nothing weird not, you know, epic bars are basically meat and some spices. So um, I kind of don't call those supplements. I call that food. Just a prepared, you know, meal almost. Um, kind of a supplement that I know can help is, uh, so in high-intensity exercise, in longer events, your limiting factors of how long you can maintain a high effort is your carbohydrate. The amount of carbohydrate you have stored in your muscles. And then the amount of carbohydrate that's leaving your liver to feed your muscles. So you can kind of shortcut it by cramming, raising your blood sugar directly before you start. So that supplementation I know can help, which, uh, you know, the most convenient forms that I see you use most often are gels or the chews. You can load up on those, say, right before you leave the gate. Your blood sugar will go up, and as long as you're active before your insulin goes up, It'll shoot, it'll elongate the amount of time that you can operate at high intensity by that many calories. Um, what will hurt you is if you take it too long in advance, your blood sugar goes up, then your insulin dumps to bring your blood sugar down, and then you start the race. That would be a negative. Right. So the timing is super important. In that. It, 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 how do you, how would someone, I mean, is that something that somebody should, should, could possibly go test and play with? Or yeah, would you, you just say, like, that. Do it 15 minutes before and you're pretty much safe. Yeah, there's a couple of things that you have to kind of, people have personal uh, uh, personal rates of digesting that stuff, what their gastric emptying rate is. For me, I can do it 20 minutes. A gel is 20 minutes. A chew is like 30 minutes. 30 minutes for me is enough time where 
if I'm not careful, I'm going to start my bicycle ride with my blood sugar too low because the sugar's already gone up and the insulin's already gone up and the sugar went down in my blood. So does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. That, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, that's what I, I think that's tough time times too for people because it's like, well, I don't know, you know, I don't want to accidentally go into that, that negative range where the insulin starts to come in. Yeah, I guess the so, safest yeah. thing to say is take it as close to the start of the actual race you can where it doesn't upset your stomach. Yeah. And gels are definitely faster when you slug them down with water. So you're purposely raising your blood sugar only to take off before your insulin brings it back down. So say you slam two gels, which is normally 200 calories, where you're pumping in 200 calories worth of sugar that you can, you know, you're 200 calories ahead of the game. Yep. And you have 200 more calories of carbohydrate to burn through before you bomb. That's like really simple. Yeah. So I know that that works in other sports. And I know that at least for the people that I've had do it, it works in in motorsports. It's super cost. Yeah. So that that to me is a supplement because it's a non-food, you know, the gel is not real food. Right. Yes. And and that's, yeah. Like Epic bars and stuff like that, where it is real food. That to me is like a meal replacement, like a convenient way to eat a whole food to uh, you know help you maintain your total caloric intake when it's too hard to do something like that. A race, or even like for me during the middle of the day, dude. I leave my house, I eat breakfast. And today I went to Andrew's Supercross track. We rode you know till the afternoon. I mean, I, I wasn't gonna stop to eat lunch. So I ate like a strong bar, an epic bar, got me, held me over till I could eat a real lunch. Yep. Yeah. Well, good. That's that's the way I use them too. So it makes me feel better that uh, I'm a, I'm on par with the smart guy when it comes yeah. to nutrition. <sighs> one, one supplement that I think people underestimate and definitely should experiment with is caffeine. Really? Ah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because coffee it, it easily makes me lose ten pounds in the morning. You know, I mean, like that. So I'm instantly faster. It's a, it's a, it's a fatty acid liberator, so it helps you uh, access fat in your system for use as fuel. So, and it's a mental sharpener. I mean, no doubt. So that's another thing people should experience. Interesting. Well, that's good to, uh, to think about that because, like, I do, like, I'll have it, you know, the morning. I, I mean, I have it in the mo- every morning just because, you know, it helps me. You know, it's one of those things that you've kind of, like, trained yourself into. Oh, that's how I wake up is with a cup of coffee, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, no, I've noticed that I'll do that before a race and everything. And, honestly, a lot of the reasons I do it before a race is just because it helps me uh, have that, have one of them extra movements to get some of the crap out of the way, literally, before I go out and ride for six hours. So, uh, which. Definitely experiment with that. I think it's super um, underestimated. It's, you know, again, it's another, it's not a weird synthetic. Dude, I'm not in the supplements that you pick the package up and there's a hundred ingredients. I don't use any of that stuff. Right. Anymore. Yeah. And I'm the same way. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, so, kind of taking some of this back to the ISDE, one of the things that I'm, I'm wondering about, and I'm sure that you and Andrew have done this. If you guys have traveled overseas at all together is, is how to pick and choose what you eat and how to do it properly as you are kind of acclimating yourself in a new environment. And in this case, obviously going to Europe is much different because you don't really know any of the food sources. You don't know how it's prepared. You don't know a lot. So how do you guys kind of uh, prepare for that? And what do you do once you're over there? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Andrew's the only rider that did this, but we carried a roller bag from his house. Basically, his wife pre-prepared every meal. It was identical every race weekend. It was frozen, put in a cooler, and brought on the airplane with us. So every race, we ate the exact same thing, so that if something went wrong, we knew it wasn't the food. He knew exactly what he was eating. We knew that he was okay with it. Nothing was going to upset his stomach. We knew all the amounts were right. So that's like a professional way of doing it, right? You're eliminating every possibility of getting bad food. You're the one that bought it. You're the one that cooked it. So uh, we always traveled. Like, he'd bring a gear bag, and he'd have another gear bag, and another gear bag was just full of food. Wow, and he does that in the States as well? He did that all in the United States. You know, being in Europe, it would be a lot harder for sure, but I mean, the way that I would plan to do it is go to Europe, find the grocery stores, 
try to match what he was eating here and make it ourselves. Right. Like, uh, I mean, that might seem extreme to some people in motorsports, but if you think of sports like pro cycling, I mean, they bring their own kitchen, right? Like, they have their own yeah. chef to control all that. Because, you know, to me, if you have a bad whatever event, you're trying to eliminate what could have gone wrong, well, that's one thing you don't want to worry about. You know? So, yeah. there are, you know, I just, I just got in a climbing trip all weekend, and, you know, I have an ARB 12-volt refrigerator that I stick in my truck. Same deal. I mean, I brought all my food. Like, I wasn't going to go eat out in this area where I live where I wasn't sure what I could get. Yeah. So, um, you know, this is my opinion. I'm actually really surprised that almost everybody doesn't do it like Andrew Vegas bring their own food. I mean, it's one roller bag. Yeah. It seems like kind of ludicrous to me that you're a high-paid athlete. You fly in and you go to Outback or wherever, wherever you can figure out how to eat. And some of those outdoor races, dude, you don't know. The restaurants are far away and they're, you know, the choices aren't really awesome. And maybe there's not a whole food and maybe there's not a good grocery store. So to me, and, and you know, I just think it's a little odd that people don't do that. Yeah. Well, do you think it's going to get there that we're going to start seeing things like that at the events? Like, say, like Andrew's on the BTO sports team. Like, are we going to start seeing that offered to athletes within the big rigs that it's, you know, Andrew won't have to bring that anymore? I would love to see that. You know, I would love to see a Formula One type of kitchen where the team funds a nutritionist and and a chef to make the food. But I just don't think that infrastructure or that really that concern exists in motocross. I don't right. think motocross, you know, I'm not bagging on it, but it seems weird to me that, hey, we're going to sign this athlete. Bam, here's your money. Okay, we'll see you Anaheim 1. Like, you know, we hope you're training. We hope you're being healthy. But we didn't provide you the trainer. We don't have a program for you. We're leaving that up to you. And we'll see you in Anaheim 1. You know? But that's not how other sports really work. Right. You know, a lot of I guess when I came in and went across, I figured that out, and it was odd. It was odd that somebody would call me, and I would work as a trainer for one rider out of the team instead of the team. Yeah. Um, It's just the way it is. And, you know, those guys at ISE, I I mean, they're on a shoestring budget, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're going to have to take it into their own hands. And as much money as they're going to have to spend personally and all the time and effort, uh, I would think it would be worth controlling your food. Of all things. Yeah. Like, dude, you see riders in the airport, they bring their suspension from home. Like, they go through the trouble of taking the suspension off their bike, sticking in a gun case, wheeling it through the airport, and bringing it with them. If, you know, they're privateers and they need that suspension yeah. on their way. They only have one set. But they don't do that with their food. You know, it's, it's weird to me. It is weird, especially because if you think about it, your body is just as much yeah. of a machine uh, you know, uh, as part of the race machine as the bike is. Like, it's yeah. maybe even more integral. Yeah, you go to ISD all the way in Slovakia, and the first place you eat, because you didn't go to the grocery store and check it out, you eat something weird and get food poisoning, I mean, you just blew it, right? Yeah. yeah so it's just weird to me that they don't think that way. I mean, it's even like, so say Formula One or, or NASCAR, they have all these kitchens and the chefs and the nutritionists, but you know, motorcycle, motocross, dirt biking is much more their body determines the result than the machine. Where NASCAR, I would have to assume, you know, is a lot more the machine, right? right? The ratio. So, no way is some NASCAR guy going to be like, oh, we need spark plugs to go to cheap auto parts. They're going to bring them. Yeah. You know, they're going to bring that stuff. So it's just weird to me that they don't bring the thing that fuels your body and rebuilds your body. To make sure it's correct. Instead, we're going to land in wherever at this new outdoor national venue and roll the dice and figure out what restaurants we can drive through from the hotel that's two hours from the track or whatever. Yeah, and then you, yeah, you don't know what you wind up with. You don't know what's going to be there. All all kinds of weird shit that's going to be coming. If I got to go to ISD, even as a club level rider, dude, the first thing I'm worrying about is how I'm going to eat. What can I bring from home? You know, what's 
shelf stable? What doesn't need refrigeration? Can I freaking pack it and dry? Thunder, Thunderbird and Epic Bars. <laughs> yeah, that's all my hometown right here. I know. You, yeah. I, I know. I'm going to go see Taylor and uh, Christ, uh, Christy. Uh, his wife can't remember her name anymore. I'm going to go see them when we're down there, when we're driving through to go to not get to hang out with you because you're going to be at straight rhythm, you crazy yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, so hey, now, I love the rappers on the Thunderbar, Thunderbird. Have you read them? Oh yeah, dude. No, they've got some good shit on there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, well, so you're going to be, so Andrew Short is going to be doing uh, straight rhythm and then of course Monster Cup. So that's going to be yeah. on the, on the, on the docket this year. Yeah. Oh, so, man. Uh, how, how are you guys getting ready for, go ahead. But, you know, in the spirit of working on what you're bad at, he wants to do straight rhythm. Yeah. Because he's not the guy that can whip it everywhere, you know, so um, good that he's working on that. Monster Cup's always cool, you know, it's kind of a must do. Yeah. I would agree. Oh, man, we got somebody in the chat room that said they saw a picture of Fad Duval eating McDonald's. Who? Uh, you? No, Fad Duval over there at the, oh, I, yeah. over, over, uh, over at the ISDE over there. So. Uh, there you go. Do what you got to do, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I do like one thing. I was reading the whole 30 book. Um, you know, it all it starts with food. And one of the things I like that they talk about is when you're doing the whole 30, you know, yes, we want you to eat organic. Like they say that, but they're like don't get hung don't get so hung up on the organic aspect and then what sometimes the price that can come along with that that you then don't eat these cleaner uh types of food they're like if you go to the grocery store and honestly all you can afford is the veggies they have there and you have no idea if they're organic or if they're sprayed with all kinds of gmos or whatever it's still going to be better than a lot of the other stuff out there that you could make a choice to eat or not eat so i I like that where there's it's like hey you know it there shouldn't be a tier but there really is and that tier it really does make a difference as you kind of work your way through you know uh the the food choices that you make I've worked with some athletes that really got hung up on that stuff, and it's uh, it's like real versus ideal. You know, there's ideal, and then there's real. And some food is better than no food. You know, organic food is, yeah, better than conventional food, but conventional wholesome food is better than any food. Yep. So you just got to get shoot for the stars and take what you get, you know? Hell yeah. Oh, so we got... So you guys are going to do straight rhythm, and, and is is anything changed with that from last year? Um, obviously, it seems like there's a little bit more riders. I know that they said they've tried to get the format down a little bit because I think one of the main complaints from last year is that it just lasted too long. I think they're going to try to trim it down, like just the length of the event, a little bit better. Um, but from y'all's perspective, being invited riders and stuff like that, is is there any big changes that you know of? Well, for us, it'll be our first time. So it's not going to bother us either way. I did hear from other people that went that literally, you know, it was some crazy long day for the riders. Um, and, you know, a lot of riders didn't have the full support of their vehicle, so it was a little more difficult. They just came in and boxed in or something. Right. So, uh, I'm sure they'll shorten it, at least for the riders. Hmm. All right. Well, that'll be good to see. And then, of course, as you said, Monster Energy Cup is always fun. Is that... Now I've I've never had a chance to make it to Las Vegas either for a Supercross finale or for their Energy Cup. If if you could make one and not the other, which one would you choose? And should we go to Las Vegas, or is that just a waste of time and money to watch racing? Uh, if I had to choose between Straight Rhythm and Monster Cup, I'd probably go to Monster Cup just because it's more of an actual race, right? And not a sprint. You get to, I'm sure it's exciting to watch. Straight rhythm because it's people love to watch freaking jumping. Right, know? yeah. Monster Cup's a real race. It's a little different because it's not a straight up supercross track, so at least that's different. And you know, some people dig Vegas, but if you dig Vegas, at least you're in Vegas and not in Southern California. Yeah. And uh, hey, I got a question for you, actually. Uh oh. Yeah. So I'm always on the motocross, supercross side of stuff, and I, you know, I keep up with enduro, well, quote unquote enduro. So enduro back when I first got interested in motorsports had a timekeeping event. You couldn't be early, you couldn't be late. You had to maintain an average. That's correct. Speed. Well, now you see enduro races, and they're basically hair scrambles, but they call them enduros. You know what I mean? Kind of. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, what's your question? So, what? 
what now is an actual, what can you call an enduro? Okay. To me, you have to have the time, you have to, Right. So yes. So uh, to be completely honest, like they noticed that the National Enduro, the interest, the the level of interest was waning. That the 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 number of riders that were attending events was going down, and so they sold the National Enduro, you know, banner. And so that's when NEPG bought it. uh, Alan Rant from Enduro Engineering bought it, and they changed the format. So the format became, you know, they still have the longer test sections. Sometimes, you know, ten, twelve mile test sections. But what they do is those test sections are now the timekeeping aspect of it is out of it. So you're still going to do, you know, they want you to do between 45 and 60 miles. Sometimes they'll get away with doing 60 to 80 miles in a day, but they're going to do a transfer section, get to the test. When it's their minute, they say go. They ride that test section as fast as possible. Again, however long or short that test section is. And then they, you go through the finish and they clock your time. So if it takes you 33 seconds, again, that's just a number. If it takes you 33 seconds to go through it, now your score is a 33. So there's really no chance to add points for being early anymore because of the fact that the timekeeping aspect of it is now completely out of the window. Um, so that's kind of how the national enduro format has changed throughout the years. Now, the transfer time? So transfer well, so you could lose time in a transfer section if you had to work on your bike, um, or maybe if something just came up and you're like it's actually happened to me before because I'm such a social son of a bitch. I was at a gas station or a gas stop talking with somebody and realized that I left two minutes late. So I when I so I hauled ass to get to the next check in, but I was still like thirty seconds late. Like I missed my minute by thirty seconds, and so and it's just like it's like a mountain bike endurance. Yes, yes, it's exactly like a mountain bike enduro. Yeah, even though and what's funny is the enduro world series that's come out, you know, that's gotten much bigger in the past three or four years. That this format is the format that the our national enduro has been doing for six, seven, eight years. Um, so nobody does the classic enduro anymore. There are still traditional timekeeping enduros out there. Yes, um, but unfortunately, and I say unfortunate because I found the fun in them. Uh, I I enjoyed that kind of, you know, but this was also when I was a B rider. Um, I don't know if that means anything now that I'm an A rider and I've gotten a little bit faster and blah, blah, blah. Like, but I, I would go do one every now and again. But personally, even though I grew up doing timekeepers, I do enjoy going to uh, a national enduro type format or a restart type format, as they call it, and just going because I get to enjoy the trail more. I get to enjoy the riding more. I get to enjoy the time hanging out with the whoever's there more. You know, I'm not the professional racer who needs to tre- keep track of every single second. Um, yeah. And so I, I, I enjoy my day more now that when I go do like a national enduro style restart format. So I, I miss it, but I'm not so negative against missing it that I don't enjoy the new ones. I really do enjoy the new format. They're fun. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, I just wonder when that switch happened because I didn't notice it. And the one day I looked at a ratio, I was like, wow, I guess you don't need fancy computers anymore on your bike because you don't have to do this weird averaging of your speed. And- nope, not anymore. And what's even so because of the world enduros and what happened in a lot, lot less land in UK, uh, Jonty Edmonds, who runs Enduro 21, he actually started the British Sprint Enduro Championship a handful of years ago. And they literally have like two or three tests that they do three or four different times on one day. And then they run them all backwards the next day. Well, Jason Hooper has now started the full gas sprint enduro series here in the States. And there's even a chance that it in the next couple of years could become a national format type event in the sense that there could be a sprint enduro championship within the states and it literally is you know it's it's called an enduro um but it's called that sprint enduro in the sense that you literally start and end in the same spot and then there is no transfer like you do a four or five mile test you have about 20 minutes so you have to start your next test you go do your next test you have about 20 minutes to start your next test and then you just keep kind of flip-flopping until the amount of tests you're supposed to do in one day is done and then day two you do all those same tests backwards. So that's like stage racing to me. Yes, that's very much very much more along those lines. And I think it's just kind of the, the word enduro has just kind of morphed and traveled with it in the sport more so than it follows any form of the traditional word of the timekeeping enduros that we would that we would know, you know, from the past, except that it still comes down to 
you know, the fastest time really does win yeah. numbers wise. The only way that a traditional timekeeper would have hurt you is when they weren't asking you to go balls to the walls. They were saying do 18 miles an hour. So yeah. how, yeah, did, how, how did I do? Did I, did I explain that well? Do you feel like yeah. you got it? Well, like, clear it up. Lots of motocross people don't know like the difference between an enduro, what it used to be, what the new enduro is, what's the difference in a rally, you know. Oh, rallies are fun as shit. And that was when I got done with the Baja rally, the, 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 or got done training. That's before. the one I want to do. It is I so much fun, dude. Like, yeah. If you want to do it next year, next year is my goal. My dad is really upset with me that I told him I didn't I didn't want to go this year, and I told him it's not that I don't want to go, it's that time, money, and level of effort have to all figure themselves out. And so we're planning on trying to go next year, but it is that traditional enduro timekeeping format that that people really do I still enjoy, and that's why I enjoy doing the rally so much. Is I went and did the little training school with rally management services. Yeah, that's that's it, exactly what I wanted it. Yeah, it yeah. was epic. It really it really was kind of that 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 way to get back into to keeping the mental thought process into the ride. But it's all part of it, like, and that's why I enjoyed traditional timekeepers too. So if you're thinking about it, I, I say do it. Now, granted, we've got two weeks till you know 3.0 starts. So I, unless you are going to really bust your ass. For some reason, I was talking to Shorty about this today, and he's like, "Oh, people get killed in those things." People get killed in Houston every day. You still going to Houston? You know? <laughs> yeah, like, they do. Literally, they say do. why people get killed. I'm like, well, people get killed doing all this, all this stuff. I know. I hate to say it, but we lost fucking Kurt Caselli to this sport, yeah. and all of us still ride. Like, yeah. you know, it, 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 it's, it's an unfortunate, yeah, it's an unfortunate, weird part. But again, to your point, yeah, people die in Houston by nowhere near a motorcycle. So, and the rally that you're wanting to do too, like say if you go do the Baja rally, what's awesome about it is you're like, you're really on the top half of the peninsula. Um, you know, they may one day go more south, but it's not like that's any more dangerous. It's just more remote as you go more south. Yeah. But, you know, they're a legit race organization. They have all the supplies that you're going to need. They've got all the people that you're going to need. Um, so to, to think that it's going to be, dangerous or that that's a concern you should have is i think is 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 not needed you know of a, of a safety concern so it's fun dude yeah we should try to get greg involved and see if he wants to train to do it for next year you talk to that dude man he's all talk yeah i know but he's also all muscle so i kind of oh, have to listen <laughs> yeah yeah i really want him to come ride with us. well he just threw his leg over his bike i think for the first time in a long time so that's good right <laughs> I agree. Well, dude, I really appreciate you taking some time. I'm sorry for it being last minute, but I was thinking about it. I was okay. like, ISDE. I was like, it's multi-day. I was like, people have been asking a lot of nutrition questions. I think it's good that we kind of touch on this every now and again. So obviously, thank you very much for coming on and sharing some of your knowledge sure. uh, with us. And good luck at Straight Rhythm. Good luck at Energy Cup. And then uh, let me know when you want to start talking about Baja Rally. And uh, I'll chat with my dad, see if it's a possibility for next year. And uh, I'll get you in touch with Dave Peckham over at Rally Management Services and try to get the ball rolling. Oh, that'd be awesome, man. I appreciate it. Hell yeah, dude. Well, thank you very much, and we will chat soon. All right. See you guys. <laughs> Peace. Yeah. Woo. Man, I feel smarter. We just had a hell of good conversations on this show. So if you think, oh, seat time, you guys took two weeks off. What a bunch of sons of bitches. No. We brought in one hell of an awesome show. I mean, we jam-packed an hour worth of some awesome content into that. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. I know I did. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. So seat time. Of course, we are the online show for the offer enthusiasts. And if you haven't even gone to the shop page yet to look at the drop catches, I'm very disappointed in you. Um, the, to be completely honest, though, this is one of those situations where Stephen and I and our friend Brian, we are trying to grow this media organization. And unfortunately, to do that, that does take money. That does take support. And yes, all of our advertisers have paid us a set fee. They're, that's part of it. But within that and what we're trying to do and what we're trying to grow, we could use some support from you guys. Now, even if it's $10 a month, you know, you buy a drop catch or you go to that Amazon link and click it every time you're going to go purchase something from Amazon, you know, that's just a little bit that helps us, and we would appreciate that. 
um, because it is tough on Stephen. It's tough on me. It's tough on our families, the fact that we do this every Tuesday night. But you got to remember, we also love it. So uh, I'm not asking you to feel sorry for me. What I'm asking you to do is just help us a little bit. It's gas for Stephen's car. It's, it's little things. It's the beer sometimes that we drink on the show. And that's why we bring it up. So thank you, thank you to Fly Racing. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Kenda Tire. And thank you, thank you, thank you to Stillwell Performance for their support of Seat Time. We absolutely appreciate it. We have already started talking with everybody about 2016. And it's exciting. It's some cool-ass shit coming down the pipeline. And Stephen and I are super excited to get involved with some of the fun stuff that's going to be coming for next year. Um, If you guys have enjoyed any of the riding with Woody stuff, Watch those episodes. Send them to your friends because right now, more than ever, if those numbers were to rise, it would be very beneficial for us for 2016. So thank you very much for those guys. Remember, you can get more Fly Racing either at your local dealer or at flyracing.com. Kinda Tires at kindatire.com or your local dealer. And then Stillwell Performance is stillwellperformance.com. Tell them that Seed Time sent you and High Five Allen. And if you see him in person, you just want to give him a little swift pat on the butt. Of course, you can find us at seattime.co. That is the website. We are on Stitcher and iTunes as well. The podcast, in case you are audio only and think that I am unworthy to be stared at, which is totally understandable. I'm fine with that. And uh, we're on all those social bits. So facebook.com slash seattime. If you want to find us there, of course, we are on Twitter. It is at seattime underscore co. On Instagram, it's at seattime. And then YouTube is seattimeco, I believe, is the user channel. We would love it if you subscribe to us. So that would be Um, another way that you could help us out. So thank you, thank you, thank you for watching, for being a part of our show, episode 179. We're have 180 next week. Jordan Bailey will be back on the couch with us. Looking forward to that. And hopefully we'll get, you know, guys like Jason Hooper on. We'll get some of the riders from Team USA. You know, maybe we can even do a little bit more of a roundtable discussion. I don't know how batshit crazy that would get, but hey, why not? We do, you know, let's let's have fun with this. That's the idea. If you have ideas, contact us about it. Up until then, remember... Always enjoy a pint full of awesome, and we will see you next week. Peace.